We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday. It is April 5th. It's 2021. We have seven NBA MLB games to talk about here on today's show. I'm going to do that a lot this month. Um, I'm going to definitely mix them up. I probably should write it down on my sheet. Um, that way I, I can kind of pay attention to it. But I, I'm going to do it a lot this month. I'm doing a lot of podcasts, doing a lot of shows, doing a lot of content. So probably going to not be the first time. So I'm um, joined today by my good buddy. You guys know him as Cheese is Good. I know him as Dave Potts. How's it going, my friend? It's going great. Yeah, you, you scared me right off the top there, NBA. I'm like, oh, I'm not prepared for, for this show. People would love my takes on that, but uh, probably better that it is baseball season. And isn't that wonderful that it is? It is. It is wonderful. I, I like what I would have thrown you off if I was like CSGO, right? Like um, you would have known what you're talking about there. Oh, man. If we had a big slate tomorrow, we could have mixed that up. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked um, with with NASCAR and baseball and basketball. I just haven't had a chance to play sports. So I am excited that baseball is back. I'm also excited that Jacob deGrom is pitching today. Um, you better you know, be because he's he's it. <laughs> <laughs> so um Everybody knows I'm a huge DeGrom fan. Um, I almost dunked on him once in high school, but, um, you know, we'll leave that for for your imagination. Let's get into the slate, Dave. Uh, seven games, an interesting slate, some high totals, and um, really this is the only low total. We got the Mets and the Phillies. It's a seven-and-a-half total. Um, the Mets are a 210 favorite here. It's DeGrom against – I'm seeing multiple reports. I'm seeing Zach Wheeler and Matt Moore for this one. Um, I know DraftKings has more Roto Grinders has um, Wheeler. So, but it, it sounds like it's going to be Matt Moore. So it's going to be Matt Moore. So Wheeler pitched uh, yesterday. So it's, there we it's go. not him. Yeah. Perfect. 
or two um, on Saturday. Let's start with Jacob DeGrom. Obviously, coming off of a season that you know he did his thing. He only threw 68 innings, but he had 104 strikeouts. One of the most elite pitchers in baseball last year. Uh, what are we thinking here with Jacob DeGrom? I mean, he's uh, regardless of slate. He's unless you have Cole and Bieber on the slate, you can just say he's so much better than everyone else. And then as we start going through this slate, we're going to find, I mean, there's no other even kind of good pitcher. Um, it's really hard not to just play him everywhere immediately. Um, his consistency is just ridiculous. Um, the, the only problem, like if you want to try to poke holes in it, it's, you know, first start of the season and then the Mets missed the first week with the COVID stuff. So, you know, he probably won't get his usual seven plus innings. Like I, we really haven't seen anyone throwing a hundred pitches. So, you know, if we only get six innings out of him, do you really want to spend 11,000? I, I think you do, but it's, it's not, it's not ideal that it's the first start of the season. And like, I agree with you as far as that. Um, I said on the podcast last week that like 85 should be the goal for everybody thinking like, you know, when they're building pitchers right now, I think DeGrom might have a little bit longer leash here, but it comes down to the slate. Like he's, it's not even close. Um, give me 85 pitches at 10, seven for DeGrom sign me up. Where, where do I sign up? Um, and like the other thing with DeGrom, this is probably one of the better lineups that he's ever had behind him. So, you know, the biggest thing for him is always, you know, getting the W. So, yeah. And even, you know, I mean, 10, seven on DraftKings, and I think he's 11 on FanDuel. Like he would be 12 K if it were mid season. Um, yep. So he's he is priced down for, you know, an inning shorter than usual anyways. So it's it's really there's kind of nothing to think about. You just got to play him. Um, any interest here in Matt Moore on the other side? Uh, I mean, just barely kind of for the same reason you would say. So, you know, the Mets. Like they were already to start their season and then they didn't and then they've just been sitting around. So maybe you can just hope that the Mets kind of aren't ready to play, but. I mean, this is a really improved lineup. Like you just said, Matt Moore hasn't been good in a really long time. He, he pitched in Japan last year for a little bit and he was fine there, but I don't, I don't know what that is supposed to do for you. Um, basically the pitching is so bad that I think you'll consider pretty much any cheap SP two. And he is cheap. He's the second cheapest pitcher on the board. Um, and you can hope, yeah, hope the Mets come out a little stale, but, um, officially, no, I really don't like him. Yeah, I don't love him either. The one thing that I will say is if they do roll out that like very lefty handy lineup, um, Nemo, Conforto, Dom, McNeil, it's a little bit of a bump to him, but overall, like those guys, even lefty lefty matchups, um, they're still good enough hitters like Conforto, lefty lefty, Dom Smith, lefty lefty, Nemo, lefty lefty. Like, still, those guys are good enough hitters that. I still think Matt Moore is going to struggle in this one. So let's yeah. talk Mets, Mets bats. Yeah, I was going to say the Mets are just so much better. Bringing Lindor in just changes that whole lineup. And even James McCann, you know, is a decent, another right-handed bat. But putting Lindor into this lineup um, makes it tougher for a lefty pitcher, immediate for any pitcher. Um, it's just a good team. So I, I, I don't really want to pick on them. Well, let's talk Mets bats here. Um, you kind of mentioned some of these guys. Alonzo actually has some protection in the lineup now. Um, you know, we, we saw him have a monster rookie year, and then last year was last year. But 
let's talk bats here. You know, Alonzo's 4,800, Lindor's 4,800. You already mentioned James McCann. He's 3,700. What are you looking at here for the Mets bats? Uh, so to me, this is the place where you can just be different by playing some of the best hitters and just assuming like Matt Moore is only going to throw four innings anyway. So, you know, people just aren't going to play lefties. No matter what the matchup is, people don't play lefty-lefty. Um, so, I mean, obviously, everyone will always say, well, in a stack, you play the lefties. But even not in a stack, I mean, play Conforto on his own. Um, and no one's going to be doing it. And one, he can hit Matt Moore, like you said. Two, he's not going to be facing the lefty the whole game. So, yeah, by all means, play Alonzo and Lindor first. Those are the guys you want. Um, but I'm not shying away from the lefties at all. Yeah, like we even see in stack that lefty-lefty is contrarian. So um, I, I think in Forto, I think Nemo at 3,900, McCann. There's a bunch of bats here that we'll definitely be looking at for the Mets. Can't wait to see what their lineup looks like. And then on the Philly side of things, you know, it's the Grum. And like – Harper has power against anybody. And like, if you wanted to play Bryce Harper as a one-off, I'm not going to sit here and talk you off of it, but I don't think this is a day you stack Philly outside of really being contrarian with game theory, knowing that DeGrom is going to be really popular. Yeah. And they didn't get priced down uh, on DraftKings. Harper's 54 Hoskins is 5k. Like if they had gotten the, you know, the matchup decrease, I'd be a little more interested. Um, yeah, this is a, you know, if you're doing 150 lineups, maybe you throw in one Philly stack just in case DeGrom is just off or he only throws five innings. But this is definitely the, the worst offense um, to try to get on today because it's DeGrom. All right, we got the Rays and the Red Sox. It's a nine and a half total. Um, kind of a pick em. Tampa's a slight favorite in this one. Uh, we're looking at Michael Waka against um, Nick Pavetta. Couple new faces and new spots here. Uh, we'll start here with Michael Waka. Any interest in him? Uh, I mean, how bad is the slate? If I'm saying yes, I mean, like, kind of <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, first of all, Boston is not good. Like, this is the worst Red Sox team we've seen in a really long time. They've still got plenty of good hitters. It's not like a cakewalk, but it's not. This is not some fantastic offense. Um, you know, Waka used to be good. And then he kind of backed off. And then last year, you know, short season, everything's tough about last year because it was a short season. But while his like his ERA looks ugly, like he really got his control back. Um, he was striking some guys out. He looked really good in spring for whoever cares about that stuff. I think it's, you know, it's better to look good than to look bad. Um, I think he's okay at the price as an SP2 um, simply because you got to play somebody. Yeah, uh, you got to play somebody. Like, that's just going to kind of be the, the theme here. There is one guy that I don't mind that we'll get to here in a little while, but he could potentially be popular. And as a Red Sox fan, it's hard to say, like, this lineup stinks. <laughs> There's no sugarcoating it. They're going to be solid against left-handed pitching with all those, you know, righty bats that they can kind of throw in there, but they're going to they're gonna struggle against righties this year. Um, Nick Pavetta on the other side. Little respect here for Pavetta. I don't know if it's respect for Pavetta, respect for this game being in Fenway or whatnot, but this game being a pick 'em is somewhat interesting. Um, any interest here in Pavetta? <sighs> you know, like as far as like season long baseball, like three years ago, 
like everyone was all over Nick Pavetta. Like this is the next big thing. And he like kind of almost sort of broke out in 2018, a little bit. Um, he had like 27% strikeouts and then he fell apart. And then last, like last couple of seasons, he's been hitting, getting hit so hard, giving up home runs. Like they're going out of style. Um, I just, I don't think they're going to let him pitch very long. And it's been a long time since he's been good. I, I just prefer the walk aside. Um, like, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to X anyone out of a multi-entry build for SP2. Um, but I, I do prefer the walk aside of this game. Well, I think the, the other thing that we got to kind of talk about here is this is a dude that gives up quite a bit of power and he's a guy that is, I, I want to say, more of a fly ball guy um you know especially what we saw last year as a shortened season but i think this is a spot where if he's gonna give up a lot of fly balls in boston he's gonna be in trouble this year so um let's talk tampa bats anything standing out to you here for the rays i yeah i do like them like like you say like he just doesn't he's never done anything to to control batted balls like um guys are gonna hit the ball how they want to hit the ball um uh, in addition to the fact that as bad as the Boston lineup is like the bullpen is worse um, and they're going to see plenty of it. I definitely, I'm going to love Austin Meadows and Brandon Lau pretty much every game against righties this year. I think those guys are still underrated players. Um, the rest of the team, like some of them are kind of expensive. I think a Rose arena is still worth kind of chasing at this point at the high price. Um, Everyone else on this team is just sort of, yeah, if they fit, it's fine. Um, but I, I'm kind of going out of my way to get some Meadows and Lau. Yeah, I really like Meadows. I think he's just – he's too cheap um, just in general, and especially with this game being in Fenway, being on the road for Tampa, guaranteed that type top of the ninth um, inning. So I, I like Meadows. I like the Lau call. If you want to make it a three-man, um, a Rosarina, like you said, I think you could look at some of these other guys as well. On the Red Sox side of things, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a rough year to be a, a Sox fan. Um, for anybody else that that's out there that is a, a Sox fan, um, you know we're in for a long ride. I will say a couple things just to kind of note, like Hunter Renfro just showed a ton of power everywhere last year. Lefties, righties, you know, we we played him a lot last year or years in the past for against lefties, but this is a guy that had a 373 ISO um against lefties last season. But it didn't like he was still hitting the ball pretty hard against righties on certain pitch types. So I don't mind him, but Verdugo maybe, I don't know. Yeah, and and Walker's always been pretty at least pretty even with the splits, if not even slightly reverse splitsy. So I don't mind the righty power. Um, you know, J.D. Martinez, I think, is going to have a somewhat of a bounce back season. And like you said, with Renfro, he's cheap. Um, and you are going to need some cheap bats, uh, regardless of what you do if you're getting to Grom. Uh, so I think Renfro is the kind of guy you can play in a tournament on his own. Um, yeah, but like, you know, Xander and, and, and Devers, uh, they're tough spends on this slate. I mean, sure, you probably want them somewhere, but. Uh, you're only going to be able to get maybe one 5K batter, and, and those aren't really my my top choices. Yeah, it's play a couple 5K guys and don't play DeGrom or play DeGrom and maybe play a 5K guy um, is what my first build was kind of looking at here. So 
Yeah, uh, I'd much on. rather go Verdugo Renfro. Yeah, me, I'm with you on that. Um, and then I, I'm with you on JD Martinez. I do think he's going to have a bounce back year. Still prefer him against lefties, but you know, I, I think he's definitely in play. And you got to respect the Tampa bullpen a little bit too. So I don't know if oh, stacking yeah. the Red Sox is is the greatest choice. So. Uh, the Brew Crew and the Cubs, 10 total, pick them game. Brett Anderson, Trevor Williams, um, this is the type of matchup we'd love to see. Uh, we'll start here with Brett Anderson. Uh, any interest in him? I mean, if you want four innings with no strikeouts and probably moderately respectable real-life pitching with those ground balls, it's fine. Um, like, he, he's just not worth anything in fantasy because he doesn't strike anyone out and he's totally at the mercy of Babbitt. Um, even if he's pitching well, uh, I mean, basically no, um, he's just, yeah, no, I'm trying to come up with something nice to say. The, the nicest thing to say is like the Cubs were one of the worst teams in baseball last season against left-handed pitching. Um, you know, they were atrocious, but they, they definitely are going to be better, this year than they were last year there's no like there's no going down um they were awful so but it's brett anderson we got a little bit of wind kicking out it's like eight to ten miles an hour i'm shocked we have a line before the night before but we do um 10 total in this game tells me everything that i really need to know um any interest here in trevor williams if if he had a the wind blowing in even just a little bit, I would probably say kind of, um, but at his salary, just no. I mean, he's a below average pitcher and he's like, I, at that point I would rather just pay down and play Walker, even Matt Moore at $2,000 cheaper. Like he's just not good enough for me to want to spend that. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, if he was a little bit cheaper, uh, just, below strikeout like below average strikeout pitcher at 8300 on a day that i want to pay up for Degrom and still get some bats i just i'm with you on this one um let's talk about um cubs bats or the brewers bats what do we like here for the brewers uh so again like we just said with the red sox you're gonna have to be really choosy with your expensive bats i do love yelich i mean i would love to play i mean I'll, i'll get him somewhere just to make sure I do, but I mean, 5,500, um, I mean, that pretty much means the rest of your lineup that you're playing nobody. Um, so I, I like him, but I'm not, I'm not going crazy. Like he wouldn't be in a cash game build. Um, really, they did a pretty good job with the pricing on this one. Um, and we'll have to wait and see the lineup. Like, you know, if Avisel Garcia is in there, he's $3,100. Um, like you generally want lefties against Williams, but guys like Garcia and Kane, like you, I really want a couple three K bats um, on just on a team that you like in general, almost regardless of who they are. So, like when you look at paying up to, if you want to get a lefty, you have to go up to like Jackie Bradley for thirty seven hundred or Colton Wong for thirty seven. They're fine, um, but they're not much more fine than just going down to Garcia or Kane, whoever plays. Um, yeah, get Yelich if you can, but that's it's gonna be tough. And then uh, Keston Hero is probably a little underpriced. Kind of, you know, forget about righty lefty and just say they're gonna face a couple different pitchers. I, I think forty four is a little cheap on him. Yeah, the other guy that would be interesting if he cracked the lineup would be Vogelbach. Um, give you a lot of power at twenty six hundred. 
against Williams. I think, you know, if you're chasing a home run under 3K, he's not the worst option. And I don't think Colton Wong is a terrible play at 3,700, batting leadoff on the road. Um, I don't mind him. But, yeah, pretty much everything you said, wait and see what this lineup kind of looks like. But Vogelbach is just one I wanted to throw out there. That would um, be fun if he got in. I wasn't even thinking about him. It could be. I mean, either him or Travis Shaw should play. So you will get a lefty power. But, yeah, Vogelbach, um, I, like I said, I didn't look at him because um, I just wasn't thinking about him playing. But maybe they throw him in there. That would be a good price. Yeah, it is. Him now you've got me Brewers. just waiting for the Brewers lineup. Yeah, Thanks. like, but him signing, like, being in the Brewers, like, lineup with the no universal DH and everything, it's just, it's just weird to me. Like, he needs to be in a DH. Yeah, they, yeah. They, I mean, he doesn't really have much purpose there. So, anyway, uh, let's talk Cubs bats. Like I said, last year, Cubs, they struggled big time against lefties. There was really nobody in this lineup um, that performed well against lefties. They do have Marisnik, um, who is really cheap if he's able to crack the lineup here he's 2600 and could potentially draw a really decent like what fifth maybe where jock's been batting and could potentially get pinch hit for late but um what are we looking at here for the cubs yeah um so anderson's kind of a tough guy to pick on for the same reason i don't really want to roster him like i mean he gets almost like 60 percent ground balls and the cubs don't have a lot of fly ball guys uh, i mean chris bryan will probably get it in the air and then the, the Brewers' bullpen is good. So that's not a bullpen I really love to pick on, especially if the game's close and then go with like Suter and Williams and Hayter. It's, it's kind of an unbeatable like back end of the bullpen. Um, so when I see, you know, three batters over 5K, I, I'm not crazy about it. Um, it's, it's really tough to stack any of these teams where like three of the three or four best bats are all around that 5K mark. Um, and I don't really want to stack them without at least two of like Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, and Contreras. So I might do like I might play like Ian Happ, um, assuming he leads off. Uh, you you want to try to get some power in the wind, um, and like you say, if if it's if we assume that Jock, Jock Peterson sits, that makes him a pinch hit risk though for Riznik. So I don't I don't know I don't love that either. But I think if he batted fifth or sixth for 2,600, he'd probably be worth a stab because um, we do need a couple bats down at that salary. Vogelbach would be better. Bring him on. There you go. I'm all <laughs> in on Vogelbach. If he doesn't play, I'm still rostering him for a pinch hit. <laughs> Houston, Adelaide taking on the Angels. Nine total pick him game. Luis Garcia and Jose Quintana. Um, let's start here with Garcia. Any interest in him? Uh so only from the sense that he is the cheapest pitcher on the slate, but he's not like dirt cheap. Like it's, it's kind of weird to not see anyone under six K. Um, and this guy's only pitched a couple innings over single a, like he skipped double a and triple a. And he was pretty wild at the lower levels. Um, and he's not really expected to pitch that deep. Um, I, I don't, I just don't know. Uh, He's just as good as Matt Moore, I guess, as a play. Um, but no, I don't like it. And he was another guy. Like I don't, I'm with you on spring training. I think it's better to be better. I don't want to like look into it too much. But he almost had a two whip in spring training in five innings. So like, I don't know if those issues of walking people are fixed. And 
Yeah. Even at even at like sixty one hundred, I, I still don't want my guy to go negative. Um, I'll take a shot on a guy that is facing a bad lineup when the lineup comes out or something more than I'll take a shot on a guy just because he's sixty one hundred. So, somewhat concerned about that. And then on the other side, we got Jose Quintana. Um, any interest in him here facing Houston? So I would say he's a guy that I. I think is kind of underappreciated in general. And I think he'll continue to be an okay pitcher. Um, and just kind of pure talent wise as an SP two on this slate, he's in the mix for me, but I mean, playing a lefty against Houston is just not exciting at all. Um, like he's certainly nothing super special. Like we're talking average at best strikeouts. Um, it's just really tough to like lefties against Houston. He's going to stay in my, my mix. Cause like I say, if I'm just judging talent, um, I think he's, he's better than all the guys around him. He's better than Anderson and Waka and Pavetta and all these guys. I think it's okay. Um, but I, 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 Houston's Houston's tough on lefties still. Uh, yeah. And like the, the one good thing that I noticed, um, Quintana threw 95 pitches in his final spring start. Um, so that's obviously a plus he gave up like three or four home runs from what I remember seeing. So, uh, that's not positive, but it was against the Dodgers. I just I worry about like the overall upside and the overall downside. Like you know, small sample size, but last season, like Houston just doesn't didn't strike out against left-handed pitching, uh, the bottom of the order. But that's anywhere, so somewhat concerning. But listen, we have to roster two. We have to play a second guy. Um, so I, I do think he is someone that has to be on the list talent-wise. Um, let's talk bats. Let's start here with the Angels. Um, any interest in them? Yes. Um, it's like we said with Garcia. I mean, this guy walked like 12% of batters at single A. That's really not a good sign. Um, so that, that's a stackable situation for me. And maybe they can stay away from kind of the back end of the bullpen if they can win this game. And they do have... Certainly, of course, Trout and Rendon are expensive, but pretty much everyone else is very affordable. Um, like, I like guys like, I like Jared Walsh a lot. Um, you know, even the old guys like Upton and Pujols is totally fine to play them at their salaries um, if they're in the lineup. Um, so, yeah, I think this is, this is one of the better stacks for me. If you, can, if you feel like you can get by with just playing one of Trout or Rendon in a stack, um, there's still a good bit of upside. Yeah, I like the Jared Walsh call a lot. I hope he he cracks the lineup. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they'll do with Otani after um, Sunday, and maybe they give him a day off, and we do see Walsh in there. Um, and if Otani is out of the lineup, it, it obviously will help um, make the stack a little bit easier price-wise too. So definitely like the Angels here. Just – you get guys on base from walks and stuff. All you, all you need is, you know, a couple big hits and you, you're off to the races and you, then you're going to get bullpen, 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 and you're going to get bad bullpen because it's not going to be that close. Um, Houston bats here against Quintana. Bregman, Altuve, these guys are somewhat, you know, expensive, but the overall stack doesn't seem like it's too bad um, depending on like who cracks the lineup and who's in here. Um you know, maybe McCormick gets the start if Brantley's still out and he's men's salary. Yeah, that would be nice. You get one or two guys that are cheap and kind of everything else works. Um, 
this is another one of those spots I would be quite happy to play a lefty in there. Like, uh, you know, if Kyle Tucker starts, just assume that they, you know, get Quintana out of there early enough. Um, you know, 4,100 for someone like him is like, I would rather play him than Molnado uh, for that salary. And then, you know, Guriel is nice and cheap to help kind of make things affordable. But yeah, you do kind of need that one guy um, to get in. You know, Miles Straw is cheap. Um, it's not like he's amazing, but you get one guy who's 2,500 and then, you know, Guriel at 37 and you can build a stack somewhat easily. Uh, we got Los Angeles Dodgers, Oakland Athletics, um, nine total. Dodgers favored by 150 here. Dustin May going up against Frankie Montas. Um, let's start with Dustin May. Any interest in him in this spot? Yeah, I do. Uh, so, you know, salary is, is the thing. He is the second most expensive pitcher. I think he's clearly the second best pitcher. Um, out of this whole tier of kind of not good pitchers, like he might actually be a good pitcher. We don't know yet. Like we haven't seen a ton and he's still not, not a huge strikeout guy, which is concerning at the salary, but um, a lot of ground balls, no walks, and certainly has, seems to have the potential to get the strikeouts going. But if he doesn't, you know, playing to Grom plus may, um, you know, then you're pretty much out on all these, any stack that has two 5k players. Um, but still he's my clear second favorite. If there's any way I can make it work, I would, I would play DeGrom in May. Listen, lineups might come out. It might be a lot easier than what we're thinking here night before. So we'll have to, have to wait and see what the lineups look like. I'm with you on Dustin May. I think in cash games, you definitely try to go to Grom May and just kind of build around it. Pun a catcher. That's what, <laughs> Listen, that's what you do. Punt a catcher. That's what it's ever, there for. Yep. You never pay up a catcher. Um, and then on the other side, like Frankie Montas is a guy that, you know, has some strikeout ability, but it's more, I, I'd say Montas is someone that I definitely like to play more against right-handed bats um, when he's facing like a right-handed heavy team, much higher strikeout rate. And he's a dude that throws a sinker that gives up a lot of hard contact and fly balls. Um, figure that one out for me, Dave. Yeah, man, if he was play playing anyone but the Dodgers um he would be my guy like I I do think he if if May is not the second best pitcher it's Montas but like you say this is not the matchup for him um really nobody's the matchup you want against the Dodgers um so he like he's gonna stay in my mix like I'm gonna say it about almost everybody but um no I think you can you can get up to Dustin May if you're getting up to Montas so um I would just rather not play a right-handed pitcher against the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like a couple things that I don't do and playing right-handed pitchers against the Dodgers is definitely one of them. Like the, the lineup is just so sound from top to bottom. And like, yeah, I just, I can't do it. Um, let's talk Dodgers bats here. Obviously they're expensive. Like you're not playing DeGrom and five stacking the Dodgers unless you just absolutely punt everything else. So this is the one team when I look at it and say, I'm going to have somewhere a Dodger stack or two where I don't play DeGrom. Like there is that scenario where DeGrom is the highest, you know, raw points guy. But, you know, if you only throw six innings and get six strikeouts, you don't have to have him to win a tournament. Um, you know, I'll have a lineup with some nonsense 
you know, Waka and Moore or something. So I can play Betts, Bellinger, Seager, Muncie, and Turner. And the team is just so good. But for the bulk of my lineups and certainly for cash games, like it's more important to get to Grom. And I'd say it's even more important to get May than it is to get, you know, like a $5,900 Mookie bets. That's, that's a luxury. I don't think you can really afford outside of um, where you're really building around it with the pitching. So maybe, you know, maybe you get Gavin Lux, um, whoever plays out of like Taylor and Pollock. Um, it's, I still want something from the Dodgers. Um, and as I've been saying all year, and we continue saying, if I get one guy, it's going to be Corey Seager. Like, he's just the guy I like the best pretty much out of any hitter in the world right now. Um, but yeah, like you, you can't just play all these guys. There's what, six of them over 5K? which they should be. Um, yeah. Is it, like, it gets to the point where like the Dodgers, the Padres and Brock, anybody in cores should be expensive. And I think DraftKings did a great job pricing the Dodgers up on the slate, because if you could play DeGrom and five stack the Dodgers and still have a decent lineup, this slate wouldn't be fun. You know, right. that, that, Cause that, that obviously like, yeah, Montas is a good pitcher, but, it's just how good the Dodgers lineup is in general. Um, Oakland, anything here against May that kind of stands out to you? Um, so, I mean, these guys can hit the ball in the air against anybody. Like, you need big fly ball hitters against May. It's still tough, and the Dodgers have a good bullpen. And I don't love it, but, yeah, I would have, you know, a little bit of Matt Olson, certainly. Either the Mats, Chapman, and Olsen. Um Maybe you throw like Mitch Moreland in there for something cheaper. Um, but since this game has, you know, my next favorite pitcher, I'm also not really going to go too out of my way to get bats here. I think they're an interesting contrarian stack and it really is price. And I think Dustin May is going to be popular. So I don't think a lot of people will stack in Oakland and you could even do it as like a three or four man because they do have power, like you said, and they do hit the ball up in the air. Mitch Moreland's another guy that can hit the ball up in the air. Chapman, um, Olsen, even like Mark Kana, like righty-righty matchup at 4K um, using an outfield spot. And the I think the best thing about potentially stacking Oakland, too, is like you get Jed Lowry at 3K, second base, Olsen, third base, Chapman, um, and then you could get a guy like – Oh, who? Oh, Kana as like an outfield. So you can use you you can leave like two outfield spots open if you're like three or four man stacking Oakland here. So I do think they're an interesting contrarian stack on this slate just because May is going to be popular. If they get to him, it's probably going to be by the deep ball or walks, yeah. you know, so definitely some points to be scored. And and I'll point out that like May's ground balls are extreme against righties they're really not against lefties he's more of a neutral pitcher so like Olsen is the one guy I would not leave out of a, an open stack um and the guy like most on his own but like you mentioned you know a cheap Jed Lowry if if there are any cheap lefties in the lineup that would be kind of my go-to and Lowry's gonna likely hit towards the top of the order so you could go like Kana Olsen Lowry at the top of the order and not spend a lot get a contrarian stack and just kind of figure out who your sp2 is gonna be <laughs> Um, moving on, we got the Giants and the Padres eight and a half total here. Padres favored by 170. 
Um, Descofani and Morjon. Um, you, know, you, you like that? Like, I've been practicing, <laughs> Dave. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, Disco Stew, man. Like, any interest in him here? Uh, well, they're not quite the Dodgers. Like, I have to really like a pitcher to play him against the Padres. Um, like, he was, yeah, Descofani was pretty good a couple of years ago um mostly against righties which is you know helpful against san diego but like i mean he fell off the map last season was horrendous there's only 33 innings you know we still don't know what to do with any of 2020 um like he has a chance to be able to kind of hold down the big righties um but even so that san diego can get a lot of good lefties in like it's just a really good team i don't think he strikes out enough guys to get around that he's going to give up some fly balls. So basically no. They're just so good against righties and lefties up top to bottom. Like Tatis is good. Machado, Hosmer, Myers, like they're just top to bottom. Good. Um, and, and like Cronenworth and Machado just don't strike out. So it makes getting to Hosmer and getting around Tatis just so hard. The top of the Padres lineup is just so hard um, in general. So Different team on on this type of slate, I would probably t- fire some shots at Descofani, but I don't think I don't think I can in this one. Um, Adrian Morjon on the other side, like it's a guy that came up with the Mets. He's on the Padres now. I don't expect him to kind of be in this rotation for the season, but he is a prospect that they are kind of high on. Lefty thrower, um, decent stuff. What are your What are your thoughts on him here? Yeah, he's uh, probably going to be a decent pitcher. Um, like, as a reliever last year, he did strike out 30% of guys. I mean, again, that was like 19 innings, so whoop-de-doo. Um, but he has talent. Like, this is not a bad pitcher. He's probably a four- or five-inning pitcher is the problem. Um, I think he'll be fine. If, if your only goal is who's probably not going to kill me, I would say it's probably him. Uh, but DraftKings priced him up to 8,100. And that's like a salary where you need, you need something. Um, I do think he's okay. Like if you can't quite get up to Dustin May, you just don't want to for the chalk. Um, yeah, it's fine. Even at five innings, he's, I, I might be fine. Um but he shouldn't really cost 8,100, but I guess more so than Trevor Williams should. I think he's the best pivot off of May on the slate. Um, I, I do think like you're, you're realistically hoping for like 15 points from him and hoping that Dustin May doesn't score 15 and hoping that your bats do their thing and Jacob DeGrom outscores every other pitcher on the slate. That, that's how like a perfect slate and scenario would go on the slate. But I, I think he's someone that's, it is more in play. Just matchups not bad. Ballpark's not bad. Um, you know, when we're looking at all the all the factors here, the best hitter on San Francisco is probably Yaz right now. And that like that's a lefty lefty, so that's a little bit of a benefit. So even Belt, like that's another lefty lefty, even though Belt hits every everything. Um I, I think he's he's the third best pitcher on the slate. If Montas was facing a better team. He would probably be third, but I, I think he's if you're not playing May, you're probably playing this guy. Um it's not saying a lot. 
let's talk Giants bats. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a fun one. I get you on the podcast for the first time this year, and uh, we get this type of slate. Happy Easter Sunday. Um, what do you like here for the Giants bats? Yes, it's very exciting. All of it is thrilling. But we're talking baseball, um, Dave. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. It doesn't get much better. It does not. Um, so the Giants are cheap, other than Yaz. Um, and they're really just not a bad team. They're not a great team, but they're kind of underappreciated for being a solid team. Um, Buster Posey's hitting home runs this year so far. Like, what is even happening? Um, like, I think Longoria is still a decent hitter. Um, Wilmer Flores. I mean, all these guys are under 4K. Uh, it's an easy stack to build. Austin Slater will probably be back up at the top for 33. You know, Solano. Like, these are not super exciting names, but they're not terrible. And they're cheap. Um, and I would really, I really do want Belt in my stack, um, assuming he's in the lineup. Um, I like it okay just based on the salaries, but I don't love it because, again, Morjan probably is the next best pitcher here, and the Padres have plenty of good arms in the bullpen. Um, but there aren't a lot of stacks at all that I like with a bunch of bats under 4K. So I'm, I'm going to have a couple here. Yeah, and this kind of goes back to what I talked about last week as far as, like, hedging. Um, this is, like, a good three-entry max. Like, maybe I'm stacking Oakland on one team and playing – Morjan, and then maybe I'm playing May on one team and stacking the Giants. Um, I, I think the Giants stack very much in play if you're not playing Morjan, obviously. But I, I think that's somewhat that you know an interesting strategy to look at on a three game or a three max, three entry max type of slate. And um, the Padres, I think the Padres are right up there with the Angels and the Dodgers as far as like full on stack this slate. Oh. Absolutely. I mean, th- with the Dodgers, like they're a, you should stack them every slate all year, no matter what, but especially when they're facing a below average pitcher and one who gives up fly balls. Um, and I think you can get away with stacking them depending on how they do their lineup. You don't necessarily need all of the most expensive guys. Like sure. Of course you want to tease and Machado, um, but you can live with just one of them. Cause like fam and Cronenworth, are just too cheap. So I feel like they're almost even more important to a stack salary wise. So you start there. Um, and then there's going to be some moving parts in their lineup. Um, but I'm assuming those two guys at least are in there. And then you pick and choose between Tatis and Machado and then being different with Myers and Hosmer, who they're close enough in salary now that they should see, especially Hosmer, like no one's going to say, oh, I want to play Hosmer instead of Machado when it's a $400 difference. Um, so I will probably have a couple Padres stacks where I have Myers and Hosmer instead of Tatis and Machado. Yeah, how many people are going to say I'm going to play Hosmer over Max Muncy too? They're $100 different. So it's always um, – that it's always good for the old, um, you know, salary. Yeah. And Hosmer is – Hosmer is actually good. I mean, like he is people still think of him as a a no power guy. I mean, he's homered twice in two games. I don't know what more you want. He's, he's, he's at least a 25 homer guy. Like this is not some dink and dunker anymore. Like he's got pretty good power and he's in the middle of the lineup for 
probably the second best team in the league. We finish it out with the White Sox and the Mariners nine total pick'em game. Radon against Sheffield. Carlos Radon, we didn't really see much of him last year. Came back from injury, um, didn't pitch really a lot. Um, any interest here going up against Seattle? This is tough. Like we really haven't seen much of him in like three years. Um, yeah. And when we have, he hasn't even really been good. Um, the last time he was actually good was 2016. Um, it's I've always been waiting for him to get there. Like he's, he's kind of like Pavetta. Like when he came up, everyone was like, this is the guy uh, we got to, you got to watch this guy. And, and then it, he just fell apart before he took a step forward and then he got hurt. I, I, ugh, no, I mean, yeah, I kind of like that. He's 6,700 against Seattle and he's somewhere in there. He's got talent, um, but I don't expect much out of him right now. Um, I mean, I'll play him, I guess, before I'll play Pavetta. He's kind of right there in that Michael Walker range where I'm going to have a little bit of them. Like I'd rather play $6,700 Radon than an $8,300 Trevor Williams. Um, but that's not to say that I like him at all. Yeah, it's a seven-game slate, and you want to play some of these bats, and that's why. Um, I, I do – like, we're going to get to the bats for Seattle. I do think there's some underpriced bats um, on the Seattle team that you're probably going to play against him. But I, I think he's someone that you could potentially fire some shots on. It's definitely not the craziest idea, I don't think. And then on the other side, Justice Sheffield – talented strikeout guy but i don't know like the home runs were a little bit down last season which is great but the white Sox are no cakewalk against left-handed pitching yeah i'm just straight up scared of the white Sox against lefties um you know sheffield is he could take a step forward this year like this is a young guy that you know he threw what He's, I think he's under 100 pitches for his career. He's just kind of getting there. Uh, maybe the strikeouts start to come along this season, but I'm not sure that they are. Like I'm, I'm seeing him as an average strikeout guy with probably still slightly below average control, and that's fine. But as a lefty against the White Sox, um, I don't. I'm same as every other pitcher on the slate. I don't really care for it. I will say one thing. Um, I, I'm, I was reading a note just really quick. Uh, Tim Anderson left the game Sunday night. That would that would help Sheffield a little bit um, if he didn't crack the lineup. You know, going obviously from Tim Anderson to probably Garcia um, obviously is a little bit of a bump to Sheffield. And we're looking for anything on this slate. Like we're we're trying to find anything on this slate. So you know, if it's if it's a Brayu. Robert, Grandal, Mancada, like you're still worried, but Anderson takes out one of their better right-handed bats. Like, you know, dude had a 57 hard hit rate last season and had a 520 ISO against lefties. So that's obviously one guy that like would be a hit if he's not in the lineup. Yeah, certainly every little bit helps when all the pitchers are this close and they really are like, it's just a big jumble of guys you don't really like. Um, so any little boost will help. Um, 
and where he's at 7,500. Like, so he's right next to Quintana. Um, I prefer him over Brett Anderson, who's above him. And then, so if the White Sox are just even that slightly watered down, I guess I'd rather play him than Quintana against the Astros. It makes a difference. Like we're looking for anything. We're, you know, we're searching. Uh, Let's talk White Sox bats here. Um, Obviously we'll wait and see on Tim Anderson. He is obviously really strong if he's in there. Um, Jose Brayu, super expensive on the slate, but you know, this is a guy that he's not going to walk and he strikes out a little bit, but he hits the ball hard. He doesn't hit the ball soft. He is good. Yeah. Um, and I think, I don't think everyone's really caught on to that. He's, he deserves to be 5,600, the same price as everyone else, the other elite superstars. Um, but I will say, I definitely have a strong lean to him when he's facing a fly ball pitcher, which Sheffield is not. So he's probably not my favorite one-off, um, as far as an expensive guy, but I mean, I mean, I love him. I think Grandal and Mankata are guys I would use in stacks. It's nice to get switch hitters against a team like Seattle when you know they're going to – it's going to be half a game of the bullpen. So I, I like that out of those guys. Um, and then I guess – so if, you know, if Anderson's out, who knows exactly what the lineup looks like. You know, maybe everyone's favorite person, Mercedes, is up to 3K. Um, but he could be a middle-of-the-lineup guy again. Um, Maybe, you know, you know, Larry Garcia, I guess he's 3,600. I guess you don't even care if he does play. Um, is there anyone else cheap? So, so let's talk about Andrew Vaughn. Um, the, it, people are real excited about him, and he's still only 2,500, but it seems like they're just not going to let him play against righty. So I think he'll start. Um, but it seems to me like as soon as a righty comes in, they're taking him out, which I don't. I don't agree with, and maybe they don't. Um, but still, even for 2,500, I think you play him um, if you have other White Sox in there. Yeah, and like maybe a couple hits, maybe for him to get going. I know he's he's 0 for 5, 0 for 6, somewhere along those lines. So maybe a couple hits, build up his confidence, and like they let him face a righty. But yeah, they yanked him for Billy Hamilton, what, twice now, right? Um, so yeah. Huh. Those are the days. But still, at, a, yeah, on this kind of slate at $2,500, I that's fine if he does get pinched for. All right, you want to guess who my favorite value play on the, the slate is? He's from, he's on the Mariners team. Favorite value play on the entire slate. The, well, the Mariners are good with – like, they have a lot at one. Um, let me guess who you might like, though. Um, I'm going to say that you like Evan White. That was close. He he's he, I think he's really strong, but I think Mitch Haniger at thirty two hundred, probably batting leadoff, um, is just a guy like he he's my guy today. Like he's yeah. the guy I'm playing for sure. He'll almost certainly be a core play on on DraftKings for me. Yeah, um, he's still priced down after you know missing the year with the injury and like this was a almost a five k batter two years ago. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's he's underpriced. And most of the most of the team is underpriced. Um, I think they only have two batters over four K. So yeah, you, you can get it's an easy really stack. really cheap bats. Yeah, really cheap bats here. They they um they kind of mesh well with the Dodgers too. So that could be potentially um, 
a chalky type of build. So we'll have to see how that kind of plays out ownership wise. But I, I like I like the Mariners probably more than I should here. But I think they're I think they're a really strong point per dollar team. Um and I just I love Hanegar at 32. And I, I like Evan White at 26. Like if Vogelbach doesn't play, I know I have Evan White there at 26 and he should crack the lineup. So I think I'm gonna go I think I'm going to go cheap at first base on like my main build today, because I, I know obviously paying it for a Brayu Muncie, these guys, Hosmer, they're all really, really strong plays, even like Matt Olson. Um, but getting some power down here, you're not going to get $2,500 power at many positions um, on a normal slate, much less a seven game slate. Yeah. It's a good position to pay down. I already know I'm going to, uh, you've, you've messed with me now. Like if, if Vogelbach starts, I'm going to play him in a Seattle stack because I'm going to forget. I'm going to be like, hey, more to my Mariner stack. And then I'm going to be mad that I didn't play him in white. It's all good. <laughs> play them both. Vogelbach is not on Seattle now, though. Yeah, it messes, it messes with you. It's the beginning of the season. All that stuff messes with you. So uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then uh, we'll get out of here. This one's interesting. This slate makes the morning grind game super interesting today. Uh, Dave, we're using DK pricing Favorite pitcher under 8,000 to get six or more strikeouts on this slate. Um, <laughs> All of them together will get seven. <laughs> uh, six or more strikeouts, you say? Yeah. Um, that's going to be a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean, we'll say Sheffield. Yeah, that's that's that was my guess, too, for... Um, I'm not obviously I'm going to pick somebody else. I think like if Tampa's struggling a little bit and Pavetta is maybe a little bit better, closer to form than we saw, you know, a couple years ago, I'll go Nick Pavetta. He's like the only guy that I think I'll, I'll play under seven K just taking a, a shot in the dark here, but um, over eight K pitching wise to score under 15 who's your bust out of the four guys that are over 8k today i mean it's pretty easy to say trevor williams that's what that's what being the guest gets you know first guess and you know you know you get the layup answer um you you can still uh, take Degrom. he's still out there yeah I, I sure can i'm not going to but i can um i'm gonna go dustin may uh, I think the Oakland lineup is a little bit scarier than people give it credit for. And it it's the Dodgers. If he's getting beat around, he might only get 60 pitches. So I'm going to go. That's home. true. That's true. It is the Dodgers. Over 4,000 to hit a home run. Anybody you want. We don't have cores today. So anybody over 4,000 to hit a home run today. Um, all of them. I take one of everyone. Um <laughs> Uh, we'll go with uh, Tatis. I like it. I think shortstop is a position you spend up today. I'm going to go Seager. Uh, yeah, I think shortstop is a position you're you're wanting. You, like you're full on punting it, or you're trying to get Xander, Tatis, or Seager today. Um, under 4K to get two hits. Um, anybody under 4,000 to get two base knocks. I'm not going to take your guy, even though that would be the correct call. I'm going to leave that for you. You can um, take him. I, I have somebody else. That's fine. You can have Hanniger. Okay, I will take Hanniger. I'll go Cronenworth. Um, Thirty-four hundred should bat second. So I think. So as you ask that question, I'm scrolling. Like, there's a lot. It's it, there is yeah. a lot to like under four K. 
it makes it makes obviously Degrom more interesting, and but yeah, I, I those are probably my two favorite value plays: Cronenworth and Haniger. So yeah, the I other guy I was for you. the other guy I was thinking of uh, was Fam. Yeah, yeah, the Padres like that whole Padres um, thought process. So, and I take Cronenworth in this game all the time. So, uh, give me a stack to score six or more runs on the slate. Um, I will take all of them other than the Phillies. <laughs> uh six or more runs uh let's go well i'll do i'll do one of the more random ones uh i'll I'll take tampa bay oh that's not one that i saw coming um i don't i'm going seattle i if carlos radon is not on he is a guy that can get hit and hit hard i'm gonna go seattle um and then favorites Night before, um, over under against the spread money line. Anything standing out to you here? Um, you know, night before. Um, because that game's so close, I would I would take the Tampa side. Yeah, so Tampa minus one twenty. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, I, I probably I like the Seattle money line. I don't know why, but. Give me the Seattle money line today. I think the Seattle. I think the Seattle stack is definitely what I'm going to be using a bunch today. So I'm just going to say Seattle. Money Stevie line. is is all out on the White Sox now that Tim Anderson is gone. If Tim Anderson's not back, he thinks they are the worst team in the league. Period. Uh, no, trust me, I'm very scared <laughs> of the White Sox against left-handed pitching. But I do think Anderson makes a huge difference. I, I, like even at like shortstop in general, um, I do think he makes a huge difference. Like I'm not going to rush to play Sheffield, but I do think he's way more in play if Anderson's out. Like I don't know. Absolutely. I don't think I don't think Garcia is obviously as good. Maybe maybe Jake Lamb cracks the lineup. You know, the White Sox lineup could look kind of bad. So you never know. Um Dave, that's it, man. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Hey, happy baseball. This was this was fun. I'm I'm glad we're back. I'm glad that we are back as well. Uh Monday through Friday, is that what we're getting for the article this year? Yes, for uh, the vast majority of weeks, I'll be uh, Monday through Friday on the musings. Guys, it's the best article in the baseball industry. I don't care what anybody says. It's not just because Dave works with us, but it's something that I read every day. You can get the MLB package premium here for $40 a month or every sport besides NASCAR for $99 a month. So make sure you guys are checking out premium lineup HQ, plate IQ, Dave's article. It's all worth it. And that's going to wrap it up for Monday. I hope everyone had an awesome weekend. Hope everyone enjoyed Easter with their families. Good luck, and we'll see you guys again tomorrow.